Good evening, everyone. Last week, we talked about the phase of biological psychiatry that occurred in the mid-1800s. Unfortunately, despite good intentions and a generally correct idea, biological psychiatry discovered very little, with the notable exception of Alzheimer's disease. This week, we will move on to discuss the alienists, which, given modern context, just sounds really weird. But before I can explain to you what an alienist is, I need to tell you about asylums. We've mentioned asylums before on this show, but let's review. Until the 1800s, severely mentally ill patients often suffered one of two fates, depending on how rich your family was, to be frank. If you were rich, care could usually be procured at the family home, with the patient confined and cared for. If, however, you had the misfortune of being poor and mentally ill, most of the time you would end up homeless and ultimately in an asylum. Asylums were places where the mentally ill were kept, although maybe I should really say imprisoned. Patients were certainly not treated like patients, and prior to the 1800s, patients in these terrible institutions were often beaten, whipped, chained up, or just locked away and left alone for weeks. On Sundays, sometimes patients would be displayed in public for entertainment. Clearly, the purpose of this was not to treat the mentally ill in any real way. As I've mentioned before, often the severely mentally ill were seen as suffering divine punishment, and thus deserving of these punishments and public ridicule. In the 1800s, though, this began to change. We mentioned a few reformers, actually in Season 3, Episode 10, but here I want to talk about Philippe Pinel. Originally, Pinel was a medical writer known for writing up case studies, until 1783. That year, a close friend of his came down with what we today would likely identify as bipolar disorder. One day, his friend believed he would soon be the best attorney in France, and the next his friend was depressed and even suicidal. Over time, he became more delusional, claiming that priests were reading his mind. At last, the friend ran off into the woods at night, wearing only a shirt, and died of exposure to the elements. This tragedy moved Pinel to focus on mental illness for the rest of his life. He began to investigate asylums, which initially he had actually avoided for his friend, because of their notoriety for cruelty. In 1792, he was appointed to head a Paris asylum, and immediately made major policy changes. Incredibly ahead of his time, he eliminated the practices of purging, blistering, and bleeding from the facility, and literally freed patients from their iron chains. If you've heard of Pinel at all, it is probably for the release of patients from chains. Numerous paintings depict him overseeing the removal, an image that perhaps resonated strongly in that era. And I've linked one of the paintings in the show notes for you. Pinel believed that patients could benefit simply from a good environment, which asylums should seek to provide. One German physician described the stereotypical Pinel-style asylum as such, quote, One might start by choosing an innocuous name, situated in a pleasant setting amidst brooks and lakes, hills and fields, with small villas clustered about the administration building. The patient's body and his quarters were to be kept clean, his diet light, neither spirituous nor high-seasoned. A well-timed variety of amusements should be neither too long nor too diverting. Sounds pretty good to me, besides the bland diet, and it's definitely way, way better than most asylums of the day, which were basically just abusive prisons. This started a movement to reform asylums, which would spread from France to the rest of Europe and then the United States, which we've touched on in episode 10 of season 3. 
making mental institutions into places where patients were, you know, actually treated, helped to legitimize psychiatry as a real profession. However, their jobs weren't quite the same as modern psychiatrists. While a modern psychiatrist would probably meet with patients, diagnose, and then provide therapy and maybe medication, we did not yet have such treatments or even real, really such classifications. Instead, most psychiatrists of the time were just focused on taking care of the patients in their asylums as best as possible, keeping them safe, clean, and cared for. These asylum specialists came to be known as alienists, which came to be because they usually worked at these asylums, which were often built in remote rural areas. Although these days we tend to think of space aliens in connection with the word alien, alien just means foreign, and these asylum-focused psychiatrists were very alien to their academic counterparts. While improved conditions and treatment of the mentally ill is great, the fact remained that no real treatments had yet been found. Not abusing patients is great progress, but even from just the few seasons we've had, it should be fairly clear that the late 1800s were a revolutionary time for much of medicine, with the exception of psychiatry. The majority of psychiatrists of this time would have been alienists, looking over and caring for their patients, but having more or less no treatment options, which must have been incredibly frustrating and exhausting. Even in universities, the leading psychiatrists of the time had plenty of theories, as we've touched on, but no real solutions or evidence. And so, next week, we start talking about Sigmund Freud, who is a complicated, incredibly influential figure in psychiatry, to say the least. Thanks go out to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, Muse Open for our music, and you for lending me your ear. (laughs) 